Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is part four of this week's episode of the MMA Hour. Thanks for checking out the show. Okay, uh, let us move along now and uh, say hello to our next guest. And it has been a while since we have talked to our next guest. It has been, uh, I think it's been like two and a half, three years since he's been on the program. And, and there's good reason for that. Not because we were shunning him. It's because he walked away from MMA. You'll recall that back in 2015, Nick Newell announced that he was walking away from the sport for various reasons, injuries being one of them. Um, he was a mainstay on the WSOF scene. He fought for the belt back at WSOF 11 in 2014. He fought on NBC till this day. That's his only loss, 13-1. and one. He followed that up with two victories, and he announced recently that he was coming back, and not only uh, is he coming back, he's coming back on Friday. He's coming back at LFA 35. It's great to have notorious Nick Newell back on the scene, and there he is. Via the magic of Skype, the one and only Nick Newell. How are you, Nick? (laughs) How's it going, Ariel? Long time no speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's great to be back on the show. It's great to be fighting, man. I I feel I feel phenomenal. Um, you know, I'm I'm really happy to have this opportunity and to you know have people interested in in me again now that I'm returning back to mixed martial arts. I remember we spoke to you after you announced your retirement, and it, it seemed, um, I don't know, the, and correct me if I'm reading this incorrectly, there was a little bit of sadness to the interview because it felt like here's this young guy who still has a lot to accomplish, who didn't make it to the UFC, who was good enough to be in the UFC, and, and the injuries caught up to you. And I don't know, it felt like there was like this this like cloud hanging over it all, and now to see you coming back is a great thing. Why did you decide to come back, though, considering all the things that you said when you were walking away two and a half years ago? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I really meant the the things that I said. And I felt like my last four camps in a row, I, my body was just shutting down and I wasn't able to train the way that I, I wanted to train. And now while no fighters come into a fight 100 percent, you know, I, I was I was at a very low percent. I was feeling really bad going into these fights and and honestly it was hard for me to train for them because my back my neck my knees everything so uh what i needed was i I needed some time off you know and um the thing that sucks is if you're a fighter and you need some time off then you take time off but you don't get paid you know and uh and you can't really make a living so i wanted to focus on something that I can make a living off of. So I opened up my own gym, uh, Fighting Arts Academy, CT, in West Haven, Connecticut. And once that got established, I started getting some uh, some good training partners and, and people to go with. Uh, I decided that it was good to come back, and I'm, I'm still working with my same team that I worked with before. I just have to – I'm just a little bit busier, you know, you know, uh, owning, owning my own gym too. So – at what point, how long ago did you start to get that itch again and start to think, you know what, I could actually do this. Everything's good in my life. The stars are aligning. When did you start to have those thoughts? Uh, probably, honestly, like a year ago. Um, oh, wow. I was, I've just been, I've been training and I've been training since the last time I fought. I just had to kind of figure out my body and figure out, ways to do it smarter and what I can handle. And, and I just really needed that time off. And, and it was a good thing because I, I feel great now and I'm actually better than I've ever been, you know, uh, teaching. I've 
I've kind of put an emphasis on my technique has gotten a lot better. And the only reason why I, I haven't fought earlier than I have now is because I got married. Um, so I didn't want to like do that to my, my wife, you know, she lets me do whatever I want, uh, pretty much. So I kind of thought it would be kind of rude to <laughs> take anything away from betting. So once that was over, I decided that it was, uh, it was a good time to get back out there. Congratulations on getting married. How, how is married life? Are you enjoying it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. I'm, we lived together for a number of years before we got married, so not much has changed. Um, I'm on our insurance, uh, <laughs> you know, other than that, uh, you know, things are the same. I, I like it. I like it a lot. You still have your cats? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, you know, they're, they're getting old. They just, uh, they just turned three and then I still have my cat, uh, that I had growing up, but she wow. lives at my mom's house. She's 20 years old. Um, so I'll always be a cat guy. I got my little three-year-olds cats and, and now I'm, I'm killing it. You know, I, I love those things. So you can make fun of me all you want for it, but those are my, uh, those are my babies for now, you know? And and how did you end up with LFA? Because uh, I, I'm assuming you weren't tied to, to anyone, given the fact that you were retired. How did you, or or why did you end up with them? Uh, there's a there's a few reasons, you know. Um, one is is the opportunities they give me and the freedom and and everything that they provided and how they build fighters. I really like that, you know. They offered me a good contract. Um, good fair contract and you know i decided i talked to my team and we decided that that was the best move did you did you even reach out to the ufc did you try to go that route um obviously i'd like to fight in the ufc i i feel like i've i've earned it you know but life's not fair sometimes and and you know that i i th i think maybe after this one i don't know but who who knows so that's still that's still a goal of yours. That's still something you want to accomplish. Well, well, when you're good enough and and you know it and you know you could beat these guys out out there that are fighting, um, it's kind of difficult to just kind of sit back and and watch. You know, when when you want to be the guy out there. So, at the end of the day, yeah, that's always the goal, and that's always been the goal. And I feel like now more than ever, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to go out and, and make a name for myself even more so than I already have. So did you or your management talk to anyone at the UFC when you were planning on coming back? And is there a reason why you didn't sign with them? Um, they didn't give they didn't give me an offer. Um, okay. you know, that's, that's it. They didn't okay. give me an offer. So that's the reason why. And it's fine. I'm, I'm happy with LFA right now and I'm just ready to go out and make a statement and kind of do my thing and, and take it from there. Have you been watching a lot of MMA in, in your time off? And when you watch the top dogs at, at 155, are you saying, like, I, I, I could hang with these guys? Like, do you, you think like that as you watch it? No, I absolutely know that, that I'm world class. I, I know that I belong, and I know that I, um, that I could do, do well, even in the UFC. You know, uh, I'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and I'm a college wrestler. And my in, with my striking, my my footwork, I'm always in the right spot. Maybe I don't have the multi punch attacks that everyone has, but I I'm have very good range. And and now that my body is is working as well as it as it is, I really feel like uh, I could take a fight with anyone and and be fine. Not only hold my own, but but win. Do you find yourself keeping tabs and maybe even rooting for Justin Gaethje, considering what he's doing in the UFC, because you you shared that time in the cage together? Yeah, I mean, I always liked Justin, and we always had a good um, a good relationship. We were always friendly with each other. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just business. It's just a fight. And obviously, he beat me, so the more he wins, the better it makes me look. Um, but aside from that, he's a good dude, so I, I, I always root for him. You know, he's, he's uh, you know, I'm, I'm just a fan of his, so there were now he's he's fighting. I mean, I don't want to get on that, but he's fighting Poirier, who I also know and like a lot. So it's 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 yeah. good. I'm just a fan of the sport, you know. Um, 
So I, I have not stopped watching MMA. No, that's not a, a question. I am obsessed with it. People ask me my hobby. I tell them this is my hobby. Like, yeah. I do it every day. Uh, did you consider entering the PFL tournament? Uh, you know, my manager really handled all that, and okay. it just didn't come up. I don't know what they said when they reached out to him, but uh, LFA was the best offer we got, and, and that's what we went with. You know, it's so interesting that we're talking on, on, on this Monday of all Mondays. I don't know how much you pay attention to other sports, and I'm sure you're you're very focused on your task on, on Friday. Um, however, uh, there's a football player, a college football player, who's making a lot of um, noise and ton of news over the weekend, who obviously reminds me a lot of yourself. Are you familiar with, and I may be butchering his name, but uh, Shaquem Griffin, have you seen what he's what he's doing in Indianapolis? Yeah, I'm going to be uh, 100% honest with you. I didn't know who he was till this week. I don't really watch any other sports besides MMA. Yeah. But um, I train with a lot of football players. I train with a lot of guys in the Arena Football League for strength and conditioning. And um, I'm impressed with how athletic these guys are. And they're not in the NFL yet. I mean, I've, I've been hearing this guy's going to get signed maybe first round. You know, um, I could be wrong. That's just something I heard, you yeah. know, but um, all the power to him. You know, I, I just like to see people be successful. And and he kind of went through a lot of the same things that I went through. And and it's good to see someone making a name for himself. And and aside whether how many hands he has, man, that guy, that guy's fast. You know, he's impressive. He's a he's a specimen of an athlete. And I'm sure he busted his ass to get to where he is. So, um Obviously, I'm a fan of his. I started. I liked his Facebook page. I started following him on uh, on Instagram and Twitter. So, uh, you know, I, I I wish him all the best. It's really cool to see. Oh, it's unbelievable! And not only is he killing it in the 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 forty yard dash, but um, uh, bench pressing. What he did? Did you see that clip of him bench pressing? I think he hit twenty in a row. Did you see that? No, you have to send that to me. <laughs> oh my god! You have to I, send I, that to me. I've been. Yeah, it happened over the weekend and I've just been so insane, but I definitely saw him running. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Continue. No, no, no. It's okay. It's just it's amazing. You know, now that we're talking, he, he's been all over the news this past weekend. So, you know, reminded me of what you've overcome and, 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 and how you are able to defy the odds, um, given what you are born with. And I think it's just such a great thing to have you back. Um, you're an inspiration. And 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 I wonder if that continues to be part of your motivation to to show to other people um, that they they don't have to let this you know stop that you could do anything that you want you can be like everyone do you, do you still think like that or do you feel like you're you're past that at this point in your career? No, I've always I've always felt that um, the power of the mind is a very powerful thing and and your work ethic is not your work ethic will allow you to achieve things that other people could never imagine you could achieve because they don't have the same hustle they don't have the same work ethic you have. So for me, I've always busted my ass at everything I do. You know, I, I started off not good as a wrestler and I worked all year while everyone was out partying, doing what, doing God knows what I was in the gym, training, 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 and, and I got good that way. So I, I appreciate the the value of hard work. And, and I really believe that anything that you want, um, you'll never know how good you can be unless you try, you know? So I started this MMA thing kind of as a hobby and and it took off. And it has nothing to do with the fact that I only have one hand. It has everything to do with the fact um, of how hard I work and how determined I am. You know, I, I'm. I look at myself and I, I and I think of myself as like the most badass dude that there is. And it doesn't have anything to do with me having one hand. It's not because I have one hand. It's my attitude. So the thing that makes me different isn't that I'm this one-handed guy out there fighting. The thing that makes me different is is mentally. I'm I'm ready to do whatever it takes to win. I'm determined. Uh, you're never gonna see me quit. You're never gonna see um, me give up. And obviously, like anyone, I have my moments where mentally I, I get broken down and I I have my high highs and my low lows. But I'm de I'm a determined guy, and I I am where I am not because I want to prove something uh, to anyone but myself. Last thing for you, Nick, and what a great answer. I appreciate that. Um... There's a kind. I've never experienced this. I'm not a fighter, but I'm 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 certain that there's a feeling that comes with fight week. 
right? It's different. Um, you're about to go, you know, uh, into battle in a cage, uh, locked in a cage with another human being. Did you, and I'm sure there's nerves that come with it, even if you're the most confident fighter and some anxiety as well. Did you miss this feeling on this Monday as you're, pro you're probably about to, you know, head out soon? Did you miss the feelings that come with getting ready for the fight on fight week? I mean, making weight always sucks, so yeah. um, I don't ever miss that. But um, this this is fine. I always make it just fine. I'm a I'm a good size 55 pounder, and it's it's not a big deal. You know, this one's actually at a catch weight, so it's easier. Um, but what's it at? 160. You know, the nerves, everything. 160. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can make I can make 155 no problem. It's just uh, I don't know. I just thought it was a good idea maybe to just have a little more fun with the fight uh, this time. And my opponent agreed with it, so uh, here we are. And you know, I, I I of course of course you get nervous when you fight. Of course, there's always that little bit of fear, but um, that that motivates you. You know, that motivates me to to fight to to challenge myself and to face that and to go out there and. and really show why I'm different, show why I'm special and, and show why I deserve to be the guy that people talk about. I deserve to um, be known as someone that's a, a skilled martial artist, a good fighter. You know, I, I really believe that I am one of the best in the world and I am and I am incredible at what I do. But um, I'm also a very humble man, so I don't really like to talk about it that much. I like to just go out there and, and just kick people's asses and collect heads. Looking forward to it. It goes down this Friday at Arena Theater in Houston, Texas. It's LFA 35. Co-main event is Nick Newell returning to action at 160 pounds against Sonny Luque. Uh, it I'm airs main event. Main event now. You're the main event. What happened? They moved me. I don't know. I don't know. There are these two uh, two girls were supposed to fight for the title. Yeah. Um, Sabina Mazo. They moved it. I'm, I'm the main event. Oh, yeah, all right. I'm, I'm upset about that because I, I kind of wanted to sit back and watch that fight. Um, it's canceled? But, you know, uh, I think so. I think they've been saying I'm the main event. And since, I don't know, so I, I guess it's canceled. Maybe, unless they moved it to the co-main, but I think it's I think it's canceled. Yeah, it's just, I'm the main event. All right, look at you. Breaking news on the show. Thank you for that, Nick. Appreciate it. Welcome ooh, back. Ooh. <laughs> it's good to have you back, Nick. I wish you the best on Friday. Thanks for taking some time and uh, looking forward to checking it out uh, this Friday on Access TV. Thanks. After I win this fight, I'm coming. I'm coming to New York, and uh, you're Deal. gonna have me in studio. Deal. It's Anytime. not far. Anytime. Anytime. I got the seat for you right over there. You got to check out our new studio. You've been to the old one, but it's time you check out the new one. So uh, that is a deal, my friend. I'm coming. All right. Okay. Thank you, Nick. All the best to you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Notorious Nick Newell. He is back. First time fighting since October of 2015. And I was just going to say the main event is for the uh, vacant women's flyweight title. Sabina Mazo, who's a big time prospect uh, competing. But uh, apparently Nick just broke the news that uh, that fight isn't happening. We'll check on that um, just to make sure that that is accurate. But uh, that is big news, having him back in the swing of things. And it's clear that he still wants to fight. Uh, in the UFC, and if you did not see uh, the one-handed, the congenital amputee, Shaquem Griffin, uh, wow, what a story that is um, coming out of the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. 20 reps, bench pressing. Um, it's just, it's a marvel to watch. You can find it anywhere online. Uh, the 40-yard dash, uh, just incredible. An incredible athlete, as is Nick Newell. So it reminded me, and it's kind of wild that we have him on the show just, um, you know, coming off the weekend where uh, Griffin did all of that. Okay, so that's this Friday. Let's go back to our discussion of UFC 222. One of the big stories, of course, over the past weekend in Las Vegas was the much-anticipated, long-awaited debut of one Mackenzie Dern, and she picks up the victory over Ashley Yoder. Hard-fought victory. She had her moments, almost had her submitted in the closing seconds, but in the end, most important, she improves to 6-0, and she is still undefeated, and she's one of the bright young stars in the UFC. We wanted to check in with her and see how it all went down. She is kind enough to be joining us via the magic of Skype. There she is, Mackenzie Dern. How are you? Hi, Ariel. I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for the time. So I, I see you're you're a little you're a little beat up. Is this the most damage you've ever had on your face on the Monday after a fight? Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. I never like really had this much. So. Um... 
didn't try to put makeup or anything. You know, you guys saw my fight. So uh, I think it's like good to see and that I tried my best. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important to see. How do you feel about it? Like, do you feel comfortable with these, like the cut on the lip and the black eye? I want to put my glasses on, you know, <laughs> but no, it's okay. And I know it's part of the, part of the game. Uh, like I say, I, my goal is to try to go in there with the less, uh, less amount of damage as possible, but then I tried to be striking with her. So I knew that like I could get punched in the face, you know, so it's part of it. So on Thursday, when we spoke at the media day, I asked you about, uh, if you had any nerves, if you're the kind of person who gets nervous, you said that not really. And, 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 and quite frankly, you said, that you kind of rise to the occasion on the big stage. You prefer fighting on the big stage. But now that it happened, now that you're in the locker room, T-Mobile Arena, Bruce Buffer saying your name, pay-per-view, all that stuff, there's a big crowd, right? You're the headliner for FS1. Were you more nervous than usual? How did you How did you feel in the closing seconds before the fight? Man, I swear, it felt so normal, felt so relaxed, felt just like I was ready to be. I didn't, like, hear the people you know like i i felt bruce was talking with me like when he was saying my name but i was just looking at ashley you know like trying to, to focus on what i want to do like i felt like i was meant to be there i didn't feel any nervous at all you know so the whole like ufc um like jitters or the yeah. butterflies you know i didn't feel anything and wow. I felt, it felt great felt great to be there have you watched the fight yet no i haven't <laughs> is that on purpose or you just haven't had time uh, just uh, having had time, you know, just trying, trying to, to spend time with my family, you know, like uh, my my phone's just going off, you know, so I turn everything off, you know, trying to like take my mind. After I'll I'll probably see I'll go to watch, you know, but um, I'm excited to see like um just how it was to be fighting with Ashley, you know, because uh, I felt like a little bit hard to get some distance sometimes, you know. Um, so like, I like, I want to see like, if I was moving my feet on the fight, you know, like the little things from the pictures that I see, sometimes I see my head is down a little bit, you know, when I'm punching, you know, just kind of like go, you know, so <laughs> I'm excited to go back and do the homework and see what I need to get better at. Um, but right now I'm just, you know, having time taking my mind off the fight and uh, spending time with my family. Based on what you remember, are you happy with your performance or do you feel like you could have done better? No, you know, that's like a mix, you know, because I'm like very, um, I always say I, I don't feel too much of the pressure from other people, but I put a lot of pressure on myself, you know? So, um, it's back and forth. Like I'm happy with my performance. I think it's always better for me to fight, um, three rounds, go through the three rounds now than to have never been through three rounds and go to the belt and, you know, have to get pushed to five rounds and, oh my gosh, this never happened before, you know? So I think the time in the ring there's nothing better than experience like that. Um, of course, I wish I got the submission on the end, you know, like I tried to, but it didn't have enough time. So I feel really happy that I was able to do like standing up um, and like pr um, practice my stand up and do like takedowns and ground and cage work. Cage was a lot, something I really wanted to work on, you know, so I I really tried to not be my back on the cage too much and be able to control the cage better. So there were so many things that I'm happy with my performance, but then at the same time, when I see, like, my black guy, I think, like, man, maybe if I would do the takedown and go to the back in the first round, maybe I would finish, you know, and and be done, and maybe that would have been better, you know? But so it's, like, back and forth, you know? Like, okay, if I would have really tried to take down on the first round and maybe got the choke in the beginning, maybe that would have been better than to stay and try to stay standing up. But I think it was good, too, um, at the same time. So... I don't know. It's like both. I think it was a great, a great uh, first fight. You know, I'm I'm happy with the performance. Um, you know, so it can go either way. I'm I'm not too like, oh, I wish I got the submission in the first round. I think also too, I had like, not a struggle on the weight cut. You know, but a lot of people were like nervous about my weight cut and thinking that, oh, you know, like she's not gonna recover good. You know, so I think the fact that if I would have submitted fast, they say, oh, like she's lucky that she submitted fast because otherwise she wouldn't have handled the whole. <laughs> Like, I had the weight cut, and I still went the three rounds. And, like, of course, I had some knees to the stomach, so I got a little tired, but I was okay with my cardio, you know. I felt good, you know, on each round. I, I felt okay, you know. So I think it was good to show, like, man, okay, I had a weight cut. You know, my weight cut for 115 is always hard. I had, like, I felt good during the three rounds, you know. So I think it's good for people to believe a little bit more in me. <laughs>
Well, since you bring it up, I, I have to ask. Um, you were the last one to weigh in, and, and we waited for you for a few minutes. And, and by, it made for great drama. Everyone was wondering, you know, if you were going to show up. How much, so I appreciate the theater. Uh, but how difficult was the cut? Were you nervous at all that you may not make 115 or 116, actually? You had the one-pound one allowance. No, I wasn't nervous. You know, I wasn't nervous. Like, I think you get to a point where, you know, you in your mind, you don't really, like, understand how bad you are or how good you are you know so um i had like three pounds left uh one day before uh i think around like 9 p.m you know so in my mind i was like okay no oh no i'm sorry two pounds i had two pounds left uh the night before so in my mind i was like no i'm, I'm gonna make 116 my manager called me you know like was like stuff was happening i didn't even know what's happening you know i so, like man no i'm just gonna go back to the sauna and do lose my weight and then the morning you know, I they did that little uh, sauna, little room sauna thing. You know, it's yeah, yeah, like a new thing. They touched the room and they did that. So uh, the whole time, I don't know if maybe because I was so like just I want to get this over with. Maybe I didn't realize really how close I was. You know, but I went there and like I really I I waited on the check one with with no clothes and then they and I was one sixteen and then they put on the little like uh, bikini, the top and the panties. And then they went in. They said, "Okay, you can go with the with the outfit, you know." So I said, "Okay, like it's better than to have to do the sure, thing, sure. you know." So yeah, yeah, the hoop of shame. Happy. Um, okay, so <laughs> that's what I like to call it. And I think they should use it for the men, by the way. I don't know why they just use it for the women, but that's neither here nor there. That's not your problem. Um, it was amazing to watch the closing <laughs> seconds because we know how good you are on the ground. And it looked like you didn't have your arm under her chin, but still we've seen some people tap to that just given the pressure on on the chin and the neck. Did you think that you had it close? Yeah, you know, like a lot of people tell me about that, like, oh, it's on the chin. Man, like I know from all the chokes I do, like, man, we have the air choke and then we have like the blood choke, you know, and the air choke is usually what they're defending when they put their chin down. Even like my last, uh, my with Mandy Polk at 125, she had her chin down. But with Ashley, I could feel like I was squeezing on the sides, you know, like I wasn't squeezing here. So I, I felt that she was like breathing, but I was feeling her like, more that she will pass out than to be out of breath, you know, like cut the blood off, like they fall asleep, you know? So they have two different types of chokes, you know? They have the one that the people can't breathe and like stop to breathe. And then they have the ones where they don't feel it. And then when they see, they just pass out, you know? So I was feeling like was really tight. I was squeezing more like to the sides. And, you know, I was just like trying to go like, man, I hope she taps, you know? I wasn't thinking how many time was left. I knew it was close to the end. Uh, you know, my last fight with uh, Kylie Medeiros, I got the submission like 15 seconds left. So I was like hoping that that was going to happen again. Uh, but, you know, she, she was able to release the pressure and everything. So it was, it was a good fight. You know, I, I, I'm excited. I'm happy with how it was. Um, was she tougher than you expected her to be? She did, it seemed, drop you very quickly in the middle of the fight. Were, were you expecting her to be that tough? And, and how, how hurt were you when she dropped you? Uh, no, not, she wasn't like tougher than I expect her to be because I knew she was going to be tough. You know, she wasn't, I didn't think she was going to be easy fight. Uh, but for sure she was like, a little, like not longer than I thought, but I, I did have like more trouble to understand distance and to like, I don't know, to believe like in my takedowns and stuff like sometimes I was thinking to go to takedown and I saw her like lifting her knee up you know like oh if you go I'm gonna do a knee to your face uh -huh. you know so I kept thinking like hmm, maybe I'll stay more standing up a little bit longer you know and so in in just sometimes like I'll, okay now I'm gonna go to the do the combination and then she would hit me first and I said like oh, okay I need to keep my left my leg outside her leg you know like some so little things like that you know but she was tough just like I thought she was gonna be you know I know she wasn't gonna uh, you know, be, like, scared to fight or anything. Like I said, she came from some losses, so I know she had, like, the fire in her eyes to win. Um, and honestly, like, the the when I fell down, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember, like, when I... My coaches, they always tell, tell me, like, the ones, the punches that hurt us are the ones that we don't see coming, you know? And I really didn't see where it came from, you know? Like, when I saw it, I was just on the floor and say, okay, get up, get up, you know? So I <laughs> got up fast. I didn't really, like, know if it was a punch or it was a side or what it was you know so uh i i just feel like she didn't like come at me you know when i was on the ground when i came up so i was able to like recover fast you know i didn't i didn't feel pain or anything you know it was just like a click you know so i felt like okay good <laughs> let's get back into the fight <laughs>
to me, it was pretty clear that it was 29-28 for you, um, although it was a split decision. How nervous were you when you heard her name, when Bruce Buffer said her name when he was reading the scorecards? Uh, you know, I, I was surprised, but I wasn't nervous, you know, because I know, like, if you live to the judge's hands, can be anything, you know, uh, and especially, like, when I'm fighting. And, you know, like, my coaches, each round I ask my coach, like, did I win this one? Did I lose this one? You know, and they said to me, like, the first one you won, okay. The second one they say, okay, it's one one, you know, and then the third they say, okay, you need to win that one. Uh, so, but you know, sometimes I think, oh, maybe the coaches they like not on purpose, but maybe they're biased, you know, like maybe they think like with emotion, you know, like you know. So I don't think like uh, if when I heard they gave splits, they're like, okay, maybe it'll be to her. But I wasn't nervous, you know. Like I said, like I want to be undefeated, I want to win everything, but I know it's a part of the game too, you know, like to lose. I try my best. Uh, you know, it wasn't like scary for me. I just think like, okay, let's let's hope that they choose with me. You know. Uh, was your dad at the fight? No. <laughs> did he watch it? Yes, he did watch it. Yeah. <laughs> what did he have to say about it? I'm scared. <laughs> yes, he's <laughs> he's a little scared. You know, like oh, that was scary. You know, but he's he's happy about it. You know, uh, he's waiting for me to get back to Arizona to go see him. So, um, but really, that, that's the whole thing. You know, I think like everyone asked me about him, but he's been my coach for so many years. Uh, we really just want to like preserve the relationship of father and daughter, you know, and, and I think just my whole weight cut, you know, like you're kind of tripping out a little bit. So many sauna, you're saying things, you don't really know what you're saying. Uh, and to see me like go through a fight where maybe I get knocked down, you know, and have to fight, fight out of it and stuff. That stuff is kind of like, I don't know if a father wants to see that all the time, you know? So I think it was good that he saw that from, his couch with my family there, uh, with the dogs, you know, all comfortable. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I, I have a one-year-old daughter. She like slips and just like falls and I like have a heart attack and run and hold her. I can't imagine, uh, seeing her get punched in the face and the black eye and all that stuff. Is it fair to say that he would prefer that you didn't do this for a living? Oh yeah, for sure. My dad is definitely like, he supports me, but Ariel, if you see <laughs> us like at lunch or something, he'll be like, uh, you know, so you should go compete jiu-jitsu next, ma- next month. You know, always, like, trying to do a little, a little, you know, clues to get me to stay in jiu-jitsu, you know? I say, like, that. I have MMA fight, you know, coming up, you know, this, that. He said, oh, okay, you know? <laughs> he definitely doesn't want to see his daughter getting punched. This experience, though, did it reinforce your, your love and interest in MMA? Because, you know, the question is always, are you going to stick with MMA? Are you going to go, you know, full on with MMA, no jiu-jitsu, all that? Did this reinforce that for you, that decision? For sure, for sure. Like when when I was like going back to think my posts that I want to post like on Instagram, you know, like to thank everyone and just to feel like to share how I felt, like really was like, man, I felt like I was meant to be there, you know, like I know that each fight I would be a better better fighter, you know, like really enforced, like, yeah, this is what I'm what I meant to do. I, I made the right decision to stop jujitsu now and focus on this, you know. So uh, I'm excited for the next fight. Hopefully I can be like UFC in Rio. I, I'm like ready to get this black eye away and, uh-huh. and come back to training. <laughs> so uh, you did say that on Thursday that you want to fight on the Rio card uh, May 12th. Is that still what you want? For sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do, you have, do you have an opponent in mind? No, no. Okay. I don't. <laughs> you just want to fight anyone. Yeah. No, not anyone. Like. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Not, <laughs> but someone, you know, like that, the next level just keeps exactly. you know the process going definitely and you know what's so crazy about and it, it all went well and you win and everything but again this this um this sort of infatuation with your accent continues because here's George Grigel who comes in the translator now everyone I've gotten more questions about the translator being in the cage at the end of the fight than anything <laughs> that you did in the fight like people are like, why does she need a translator why from my understanding, I'd love for you to, to speak on this. You didn't ask for him to come in. I think he just came in because, uh, you know, he wanted to help you, and, and Rogan went to him. You didn't need the translator there. You didn't ask for him. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't know if people thought that I asked for him. I didn't ask. <laughs> I didn't ask for the translator. I didn't oh. ask, like, before the fight. I didn't ask after. I didn't, like, Joe was telling me, like, he meant to take out my mouth protector, you know, so... Uh, I was finished the fight, have my mouth protector in my mouth, you know, like I didn't even remember I had the thing in my mouth. So uh, for me, when I saw the translator, like 
I don't know, obviously, but I have a lot more fans in Brazil than I have the USA. So for me, my first, I uh, when they brought the translator, I thought that they wanted me to speak Portuguese for all the fans, you know, and him to translate for everyone in the US, you know, but just for me to speak to everyone in Brazil, you know, too, both, and yeah, yeah, both yeah. you know, not, not to understand what he was asking, you know, I thought that they just wanted me to be able to speak to sure. all my fans in Brazil, you know, like, because I finished the fight, I didn't get to say anything to anyone in Brazil, you know, like, you know, so it was, when I saw, I thought he just wanted me to speak Portuguese for everyone in Brazil, not not because I couldn't understand the question, yeah. you know. So Crazy. I thought it was more like a fan thing than uh, than than me speaking Portuguese. So when I asked, I said like, "Do you want me to speak English or Portuguese? I don't know which one you want to say." You know. Then Joe Red said, "Oh, I think she understood." Then I said like, "Okay." So I was um, not confused, but I didn't understand what was happening either. You know, sure. I don't know what people thought that I asked translator i didn't ask <laughs> well i'm happy we cleared that up and it's understandable you're just in a 15 minute fight so it's it's okay to be confused but it's just amazing how uh people are, are nitpicking this sort of thing with you it's crazy um last thing for you mackenzie and again thank you so much for the time i know dana white was there i know ari emmanuel who's uh, a co-owner in the ufc was there any of the you know the big bosses come up to you afterwards and and talk to you about how much they like the fight having you on the roster things like that uh, no, I mean, I got, like, messages from Mick and Sean. You know, I know them from um, even the beginning when I first started MMA. Uh, they've always been supporting me. So they sent me messages just saying, like, it was a really good job and that they hope to see me soon. Um, and that's about it, you know. So uh, I know, like, the card had so many great fights, like Brian Ortega, his, knockdown, his knockout, uh, Sugar Sean, he had, like, such a good fight, you know. Uh, they had so many great highlights this uh this card you know so um it was just good to be part of it and to finally get the whole debut out of the way and yeah everything. well it couldn't have gone better you passed with flying colors congratulations mackenzie it was uh it was a real pleasure to watch you finally in there uh, after all this time talking about it uh enjoy the victory enjoy your time off i hope you you heal quickly and uh, hopefully you get that fight in rio that'd be really cool to see yeah thank you so much ariel always great to talk with you Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you soon. There she is, Mackenzie Dern, now 1-0 inside the octagon. Her debut is out of the way. Everyone talking about it going in, and now everyone's talking about it going out. Who will she fight? She wants to fight um, in Rio. She has the connection, of course. Her family is, is, is Brazilian. She is of Brazilian des descent, and, uh, of course, she lives in, in, in the Arizona area. She was in Los Santos, I do believe, but uh, that would make a lot of sense. You, you put, you know, a rising star coming out of Brazil on the Rio pay-per-view. I think that that would make a lot of sense. I find it interesting. You know, she said it. Uh, Brian Ortega said it. Uh, others have said it before. Like, this is this is a blue-chip prospect. This is a blue-chip prospect. And no, like, the brass isn't coming to the back and shaking. I feel like that was, that was a part of the routine. Lorenzo's in the back. Dana's in the back shaking your hand. Um, no one's going up to Mackenzie Dern after the fight and, and shaking her hand and saying, welcome to the UFC. No, there's, there's nothing of that congratulations, Brian Ortega, congratulations, you're getting a title shot. Like, is that, I don't know, am I nitpicking? Is that asking for a lot? But I just feel like that's the sort of thing that's always been done. Like, that, like that's, a, that's, that's just a part of combat sports. Big win, you come in, backstage, congratulations. I mean, the days of, you know, the, the, the bonus, you know, the, the discretionary bonus that they used to give out in the, uh, the little envelope they would... They would give out this stuff, but I don't know. I find that um, I find that a little surprising. How about this? Um, just saw this come up on TMZ. Canel Alvarez tests positive for banned substance, blames Mexican cows. I'd like to see who first reported this. This just I just saw this out of the corner of my eye on on uh, on Twitter. Let's see. Let's see. Does anyone else have it? All right. I'll I'll read. I'll read this uh, next up. Chris Cyborg is going to join us, but let me just quickly read this. This is according to our friends over at TMZ, our good friends over at TMZ. Canel Alvarez has admitted he tested positive for a performance-enhancing drug, but he's blaming the dirty test on contaminated cow meat. The boxer was tested in advance of his upcoming May fifth rematch against Gennady Golovkin, and says results show he had trace levels of clenbuterol. FYI, clenbuterol is a banned substance often used by athletes to cut body fat while retaining muscle mass. 
it's banned by every major doping agency. We've seen some MMA fighters get uh, popped for this as well. Um, let's see what else. He believes the traces of clenbuterol are, quote, consistent with meat contamination that has uh, impacted dozens, dozens of athletes in Mexico over the last years, end quote. Canelo says he will immediately move his training camp from Mexico to the United States and will submit to any number uh, and variety of additional tests that the Voluntary Anti-Doping Association, VADA, deems necessary ahead of the fight. Quote, I'm an athlete who respects the sport and surprises me, uh, and it bothers me because it had never happened to me before, Canelo says. I will submit to all tests that require me to clarify this embarrassing situation, and I trust that at the end, the truth will prevail. Canelo's team notes he has tested clean dozens of times over the course of his previous 12 fights. So it does appear, according to this, that the fight is still on. Uh, I'm trying to... Okay, there's a press release from Golden Boy saying, as part of the voluntary testing program that Canelo Alvarez uh, insisted on ahead of his May 5th fight. This is a press release from his promoter, Golden Boy. One of his results came back positive for trace levels of clenbuterol consistent with meat contamination that has impacted dozens of athletes in Mexico over the last years. As Daniel Eichner, uh, director of the uh, SMRTL, uh, we actually heard from him during the John Jones case, the WADA-accredited lab that conducted the tests Stated in his letter today, these values are all within the range of what is expected from meat contamination. Upon receiving the information, Golden Boy immediately notified the Nevada State Athletic Commission and Gennady Golovskin's promoter, Tom Loeffler. As has been planned, Canelo will immediately move his training camp from Mexico to the U.S. and will submit to any number and variety of additional tests that VADA deems necessary ahead of and after May 5th. Added Canelo, I'm an athlete. Okay, that's the, uh, that's the quote. Canelo has tested clean dozens of times. So it seems like, fascinatingly enough, he tested positive for clenbuterol, tested by VADA, but the fight is still on. And they came out with the test. I mean... It's interesting because what's the point of the test if there's no ramifications for the test, right? But it did come, so I appreciate, you know, I appreciate the transparency. It did come from Golden Boy, but what's the point of the test if there's no punishment for said failure? Unless I'm missing something here. I mean, we've seen some UFC fighters get multiple years. Francisco Rivera's career is uh, essentially finished because of something like this. Right? Francisco Rivera Usada. He received, according to the Usada website, uh, received a four year period of ineligibility for his anti doping policy. Yeah, he tested positive for clenbuterol. So, in an out of competition test. Interesting. I guess fight fans would be happy that the fight is still on. But why, oh, why do the tests if there's no ramifications for it? All right. Well, that's some big news coming out of the world of boxing. bizarre oh all right well just trying to figure that out that is late breaking news as they say in the tv business my friends uh we still have a lot of show left uh coming up we'll be answering your questions and comments you have been hitting us up using the hashtag the mma hour uh we're also going to do rick's picks as per usual and we are also going to, okay, well, I, I should I should note this because I, I do recall, but thank you to Mark Romundi for letting me know. Uh, uh, Augusto Montano and Brandon Moreno both popped for clenbuterol and got cleared. Mexican meat contamination is a real thing per WADA, which I know, but they did have a period of sort of being provisionally suspended. It doesn't appear, at least from what I'm reading, that uh, Canelo will be facing any kind of sanction here. Um, 
but let's give us some time to digest this. Uh, we'll also be joined by Mike Goldberg. But first, we, we've talked to Brian T. City Ortega. We've talked to Sugar Sean O'Malley. We've talked to Mackenzie Dern. The headlining act on Saturday, of course, it was Chris Cyborg. She defeats Yana Kunitskaya in the first round, arguably her most dominant performance in the UFC. She is still the reigning defending UFC Women's Featherweight Champion, and she is kind enough to be joining us via the Magic of Skype. There she is. Chris, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Adiel? I'm doing great. Congratulations. Doing great tonight. Uh, Parabéns. Congrats on winning the fight. <laughs> Overall, I'm assuming you were very happy with, with your performance. It, it was pretty much a flawless performance out of you, right? You know, I'm really happy. You know, I was, I was uh, you know, it could be five rounds. I always say that, but, you know, I took my heart and uh, I, I was so great in the fight. And Yana, too, you know, uh, we didn't, I think the amazing performance, I'm really happy. It seemed to me like you landed a big punch very early and she had to adapt and uh, and then she went to her wrestling and her clinch work and that maybe prolonged things a little bit. Did you feel like you connected with that punch? Like, did you feel like she was on the verge of going out after landing that first punch? No, the, her, uh, her interview, she's always said, I don't have a KO power. And I said, well, she's going to fight me, you know, instead of my share dog. You know, before you go, check it out, the share dog. You know, I, I don't know. I you know I was, I was, uh, of course, I always do have a plan to fight. But when you go in the, in the cage, you just have to feel, you know, feel your opponent. And and then when I punched her, she, she felt the first punch. And then she decided to be disappeared for go to the ground. Uh, were you were you frustrated that she was able to prolong things the way she did with the takedown with the clinch work? Was was that frustrating for you? Were you disappointed? Uh, you know, I, I work my stand up, use the cage for the stand up. I work a lot. I work wrestling with Petito, and I work a little bit my guard. I think she tried to heel hooks too. You know, I, I was I was just patient. I know she's in panic there, and she she used a lot of her. Her strength for take down me, and I just relax and defend. And I knew after she's doing all the strength she's doing, she's gonna be tired. She said afterwards that she was very nervous. Um, our photographer Esther Lynn has a picture where it looks like the fear of God is is in her eyes. Did you get the sense that she was afraid in there that the moment was a little too big for her? I really don't check it out. Really, I was. Uh, a lot of people talk to me. Ah, oh, you see her face. It's, it's just. It was scary. I, I I was never look like this. I look at her. I don't see anything in her face. I just remember, remember remind me about Feather. Like Feather no smile. Feather don't make any any sense in <laughs> face. I was just thinking, man, Russian. Let's go to the war. You know, I was. Uh, you know, I, but I really respect Yan. You know, she's 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 the top of the fight like three weeks like me does. You know, and then for sure she's gonna have other opportunities. And when her first fight see, of course, she's going to be a little bit nervous, you know. I think it's normal. Would you say that that was your best performance in the UFC thus far? I don't think so. I think it's all my fights. I think any fight has a lot of challenge for me. The two fights, more 40. Uh, I think it's only ever guy. You can see a little bit patient fight. Uh, I'm, uh, Hollywood is a very strategy for any, and, you know, I... I really, I really go patient. The fight, this fight is getting a little bit crazy, you know, violent. It reminds Cyborg, real Cyborg again. And I think so. I think each fight has a special thing. So I remember not that long ago when they were talking about you taking a fight on short notice, Dana White said, you know, if you can't make weight in, 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 in eight weeks at 145, what are you doing at 145? Here you made 145 in three weeks. So were, were you, was that kind of a, you know, Something very important to you to prove to people that 145, you don't have trouble making that way. You can do it on short notice. No, you know it's crazy because uh, before I fight the hard, I have an injury in my hand, and my right hand I have an injury, and because I worked too much, and then I was injured in my hand, and then I was for hard fight, I had to have the injury. I did a lot of sparring, a lot of sparring, a lot of sparring, like six months straight sparring, 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 and and after the fight. I told her I need me, I need a break, I said no punch, you know, I have to break. And I continue just work, like uh, conditioning training, I was doing stairs, but uh, I was not work like uh, sparring for my hands recovery. And I was really don't think when I was going to fight, you know, I was say I was going to fight in July, because I have to do a lot of things about my knees, everything. And, and I was in Europe, 
you know, doing community service seminars and they were doing missionary work. I would never think about those fights. But I was there when they called me. I, I just first thing I did, I checked my weight. And I checked my weight and I did the one training and I did sparring with Arturo, one guy there in Europe. He's had a fight he's from Angola. And I said, man, first fight, I already did sparring, you know, for see how they're feeling. And that's still great. And I text my man, I said, man, you know, I think I can do it three weeks. But the first thing I did, I checked my weight. But I was really happy because now I learn to work with my body and uh, my weight stays very close to the ways I fight, you know, like better, better for me. It's better, how is, less damage. How is your hand after the fight now? No, my hands is great because I stay like one month after Holy Fight and uh, just do ice and physiotherapy and nothing hurts. Okay. Great. This are, are is my you... real apple. <laughs> Chris, do you get tired? Of after every win, we can't just celebrate the win. We can't celebrate the performance. We have to talk about the division. And are you fighting real 145ers and stuff? It's not just like any champion. Oh, Max Holloway beats Aldo. Great. He's great. We celebrate. But with you, there's always so much that goes in with it. And it's, none of it is your fault, but it's because of the division that you fight at. Does this get tiring for you? About what? I understand the question a little bit. That it's never just Chris Cyborg won two minutes, etc. It's always... There's no one for you to fight. Uh, it's all 135ers. You're the only one. You're not fighting the toughest competition. All this stuff. There's always all this other stuff that comes with it. You know, now it's changed a little bit. I think they, like, now the girls start to show up. You know, they, they want to fight me. And I think they have the big opportunity. They want to fight And now I think it's changing a little bit. You know, soon after the fight, uh, uh, Megan sent a Twitter for me, and after Holly Holm is going to continue 145, and I think this is going to be better, and you have more girls going to stay 145. Okay, so, so let me ask you, because it was a bit confusing afterwards. It seems like they're doing Amanda Nunes versus Raquel Pennington in Rio. However, after the fight, Dana White said that he'd like for you to fight Amanda Nunes in Rio. Is this of interest to you at all? Will you consider this? Have they asked you to fight her yet, officially? Uh, you know, I, I, after my last fight, I said I would like to fight Amanda in July. And, you know, I did three fights in seven months. And uh, Amanda going to be one year. She's going to, like, like, almost no fight. Her last fight is in September. And she's really defend her belt. And and they have Kaylee Vieira. She fight me in semi card. Beat some Catherine Gunner. She's the next like me. I fight one thirty five. I think she's still in ten zero. And you know, have a girls for for Amanda fight. She have to defend her belt. But I'm open for fight her. You know, I I I keep training and then I, I'm open for fight her. But probably gonna be July. I'm not gonna fight in Brazil May. Uh, I have a lot of things to do and do three fights in, in seven months. And yeah. I really have to take this break. Have they even offered you the real fight? Have they tried to get you to take it? Uh, then ask me a little bit, but you know, because I, I was, I'm going to Brazil now, end of the month, I have to do something about my knees. And I really, I was not, this, this fight, beginning of the March is uh, perfect. I was ahead to have a ticket for go to Brazil, end of the March, for making oh. all my stuff. And, and then, you know, yeah, and then I said I accept the fight to her. But, of course, now she has to defend her belt to get, to get a win, you know. I never fight Amanda before because she's the one's 145. She, ne she never keeps winning for fighting, you know, once she fights 145. Because even this fight never happened, you know. It's nothing because of her. It's nothing because she's never getting close. And uh, But now I think it's the fighting people would like to watch. But, of course, I think the girls have to respect and make them defend her belt. You know, I think, I don't know. But she wants to wait till July. It's cool, you know, for me, it's cool. Okay. Uh, what's wrong with your knees? No, no, my knees. No, because I'm going to adopt my knees. I'm going to bring her. Oh, your knees. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you said your knees. My mistake. No, no. It's perfect. No, oh, I don't have any injury. I feel great. I feel perfect. So you're adopting two nieces? No, just one. Just one. Wow. How old is she? Yeah. Uh, now she's 12. But I was, wow. when I make the promise for her, uh, she's only five years old. Wow. They take a long time. But, you know, they they, they come true. Wow. Who, who does she live with now? 
before you actually adopt her? Uh, she lives. She lives with my mom. You know, when I went to my when I live in Brazil, I live with my mom, and then I always take care of her, and she's have like a, she like my 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 daughter, and then when I came to America, I told her that I can bring her because. Like, uh, I was only speaking English. I really have to work for be somebody in America. And I start to work. And I told her, when I have everything fixed and everything prepared, I bring you. And the day, cause now it's I'm ready, you know. I'm ready to bring her. I think it's going to be a good opportunity for her to live in America. And I feel very happy and blessed because the promise you know, going to come true. That, that's amazing. And congratulations on that. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, Oh, where are her parents? Uh, no, her parents is my brother, my brother. Okay. But my brother, when when she's born, he's still he's still young, and he's have like her like a brother. We everybody like a brother. But her mom, she never met her mom. Oh wow! Okay, okay. So her mom left. Okay, yeah. wow, that's a beautiful thing. Congratulations on doing that. Um, yeah. I just want to ask you also, Holly Holm was on our show earlier, and she said she would love to fight you again. Does this interest you at all? You know, Holly, Holly, she's having one and four. She's having yeah. the last her five fights. Okay, we did it like amazing fight. You know, we, I win, I won the decision. But I think she still have some fights. She have to get a win for the fight again. You know, I don't have any problem fight her again. But you know, she's, she's. I think she have to get a win. I think she can fight Catherine Gunn one forty five. I think. It, she can help me invest my division in 145. You know, I think she can do this. And but uh, I have two fights left. And the goal is still fight Samana Nunes and Meg Anderson. If Samana Nunes not be ready, or she lost her last next fight, or not be ready for international fight week, I already told my manager I want Meg Anderson. Okay. And do you think Megan Anderson will finally get cleared to fight you? Are you confident? You know, she sent Twitter. Yeah. She sent it to you for me the, the day in my fight. Congratulations on the fight, you, you know. If you, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, she'd like to play like this, but uh, I don't know. But uh, maybe she's supposed to be ready. If she, if she tweeted me, maybe she's gonna get it clear soon. Okay. Um, and you say you have two fights left on your deal. But, and, uh, I, yeah, but go I ahead. never take the. Go ahead. I never take the table about Amanda. Um, now, Eddie, really, before this fight, after Holly Home, I contacted Valentina for she can help my camp with Amanda, and she's going to be part of my team when I fight Amanda, Valentina. Wow, Valentina Shevchenko. Yes. Wow. Have you ever trained with she's her amazing. before? She's no, no, no. She, I just hear about this. Man, she's had a lot of fights. She's had, had a lot of experience. And she fought two times with Amanda. She stayed a long time with Amanda in the, in the octagon, and and then she, I talked to her. Ray is her friend. They like know her. And she said, yes, please. I mean, I mean, it would be great. It would be great. That would be great. Um, uh, last uh, two, two quick things for you, Chris, before I let you go. Uh, you said you have two fights left on your contract. Um, and you say, are you saying like that? And that's it? You're done? Or then you're going to renegotiate? What are you thinking? No, I'm not done. But probably we want a renegotiation. I I don't know, but I'm not done. You know, okay. I have more fights I want to do. Because uh, I, I remember my division and this too. I remember when you were talking about retirement. You know, a long time ago, this was around the time. So I didn't know if you just had two fights. Period. No, no, I have two fights left in my deal. Okay, gotcha. And then after, yeah. And and I love the story of uh, you and Dana shaking hands after the fight. You guys are your your buddies now. Hey, I don't know if you're buddies, but I told <laughs> him well, now we friends. Uh, are we friends? I get to fight three weeks notice for help. You know, for been asking me, I did one favor, but of course, favor for me too. But you know, I prove it like anywhere, anytime, and we're gonna be ready. And you guys, always I say that, but I never have the opportunity. And this time, I have the opportunity. And I told him, now we friends. Huh. You know, it's funny, but, you know, he's getting, he's, I think it's cool, but I don't know. What did know. he say to you? I think he didn't happy. What did he say when you said he that? He just smiled. He, he just smiled and he turned his red, red <laughs> face. <laughs> he's shy. Yes, he's a very he's shy guy. Shoot a box yeah. style. I loved it. Shoot a box style. I was training when the beginning of my career, and I was here. I need to be bad, be ready, need to prepare for any situation. But I was never thinking it happened with me. And this time it happened when I say I fight. You no, know, I feel like oh, it's cool. It's a shooter box style, and then all my my 
my partner Twitter boss really happy because like before we cannot see YouTube who you're gonna fight. You just mm. have to be ready for any situation. Just go over there and fight. And I feel like that's this fight is like this. Chris, what a performance once again. Um it, it's a pleasure to watch you compete. Congratulations on the victory. Enjoy it. And also congratulations on the upcoming adoption of your niece. That's an amazing thing. And uh, hopefully we'll we'll see you back in there in July. Okay, thank you all my friends. Thank you, Ariel, for the opportunity. Thank you for Cyber Nation, everybody in Vegas. And I uh, hope we'll see you in Vegas again fight week. Thank you right. so much. Looking forward to it. There she is, Chris Cyborg. Thank you so much to her. Parabéns. Obrigado. Appreciate her stopping by. The most dominant female in the history of this sport. Uh, she is now undefeated in her last 20. And, man, hasn't lost since her very first fight 12 years ago or so. Uh, it's, it's an amazing story. And she continues to fight whoever that they put in front of her, continues to beat whoever they put in front of her. Uh, unfortunately, there isn't the, the, the talent depth at 145. Uh, she said, Megan Anderson, hopefully that, that fight can happen. Amanda Nunes would be interesting. We'll see what happens. She can only do, um, you know, the tasks that are put in front of her. So uh, credit to her. And, and what a great story that is, her adopting her niece. I totally botched that. I thought she said knees, but she said niece. My bad. <laughs>